0: Hi, this is Variety Shanna Vera for Akashi Media Podcast Live. I just want to give an update of our new listenership list for 2022 for the month of April. I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners around the world globally. And I truly, truly appreciate you all tuning in and listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. We're always working to improve our content each and every time that we publish our content I just want to say thank you to USA. Thank you so much for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live Brazil. Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live Morocco. Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live Ireland. Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live Germany. Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live Algeria. Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live Russia. Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live Japan. Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live United Kingdom. Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live Italy. Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live Israel. Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live Spain. Thank you for listening. To Akashi Media Podcast Live Canada. Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live China. Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live France. Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live Czech Republic. Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live Ghana. Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live Belgium. Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Panama, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Malaysia, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Uganda, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Slovakia, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. France, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Portugal, Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Iran, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Kenya, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Taiwan, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Austria, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Turkey, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Tunisia Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Hungary. Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Egypt. Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Switzerland. Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Colombia. Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. India. Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Romania. Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Netherlands, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Mexico, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Philippines, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Australia, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Saudi Arabia, thank you for listening. To Akashi Media Podcast Live. Gabon, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Sudan, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Denmark, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Nigeria, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Uh, Panama, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Singapore, Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Mozambique, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Syria, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Lebanon, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Norway, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Belgium, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Ghana, Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Puerto Rico, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Burkina Faso, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Cameroon, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Emirates, Dubai, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Peru, Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live Amen Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live Rwanda Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live Martinique Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live Sweden Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live Benin Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Guatemala, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Ivory Coast, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Costa Rica, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Gabon, oh, I mentioned you already, I'm sorry. Dominican Republic, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Ukwe? Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. How's Thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. We truly appreciate you all tuning in and listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. I'm so forever thank you and grateful for you tuning in and listening, downloading us and streaming us. Keep listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. We're truly grateful to your listenership. Thank you. Variety Shanovaire.
1: Say oops upside your head. 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 i Say oops
0: upside your head. Say
1: oops upside your head. Head, now on all you gappers, and you finger snappers, you toe choppers, up side and you head, love lapses. I want y'all to say this head. with me. <laughs> say. Say, oops, side head, say! Oops, upside your say oops, up Yes, yes.
0: Alrighty, Shanaver, Media Podcast Live. I'm
2: in Hollywood and um, it's been a minute, y'all, since I've spoken. A couple weeks, maybe a month or two. And um, I kind of like been on high haters. I've been having some things I've been taking care of, some projects. I've gotten into photography and so I've been working on some photography and some so similar work as well. And uh, so that's what's been keeping me busy and I haven't been doing a podcast, but we're live right now and I just wanted to go over some experiences that's been happening during this time that I've been on these small projects of mine. I've been running into family members and uh, basically... I know it comes from me having prayer myself because I was like, well, you know, a lot of family members have died and passed on and went on and everything. So I said a prayer and I asked my ancestors that are now gone forward and before me, that's up in heaven now, who now looks down. I said, you know, there's some relatives out here that I've been thinking about or I don't know if they're really still here on earth if they're still alive. I, I don't know you can see them and I cannot. And I said, um some relatives that I grew up with. You know, we had some great connections with each other, whatever, you know, and I just wanted to know how they were doing or whatever and how things are going and where they are, how's life for them, you know? And um, all of a sudden, I uh, would we'll say a few weeks later, a few days later or so, I started running into different relatives that I hadn't seen in a long time. And, um... <clears throat> they were here in California and it just made me think about my childhood and I said wow you know I did a lot of visiting when I was a child so I assumed that at that time that maybe most of my relatives really did live in California and a lot of them you know were still like in Ohio and Philadelphia and other parts too of the states and so um I came across a few relatives that I ran into at the library. <laughs> For some reason, it's been the library. I've been meeting different people. And then if it's not at the library, it's just basically out and about. I ran into people as well. And, um, and some of them were, in, um, well, they all were pretty healthy and, and, and body-wise. And in other ways, they were going through something in their lives. <clears throat> um, health-wise or um, something else, you know, but other than that, they were pretty healthy. Um, their minds were still pretty much together. And um, I met uh, a relative that um, has been having some uh, mental issues and, and everything, and I remember when they were younger as well, how they were when they were coming up in age. And we had a chance to sit down and talk, and we talked about um, the mental condition. And um, because I'm someone who has been around people in my childhood when I was younger, I can identify who was what back then and how they were back then and, and, and their actions and their reactions and things and so forth. So this particular person told me that they were bipolar, and they told me that they were also schizophrenic. And I would say that that is something. And he said, well, actually they said that they were born with it." what he said. But I remember them when I was growing up and everything, and um, I always say to a person when I hear this, because mental illness, I know is something that people say in the community that they want to cure, they want to help, them. and I hear that a lot. And there are a lot of people that I, when I moved to California in 93, I remember them when I moved to California in 93, they were very healthy people, and very smart, um, they were on the grind for their dreams, to so their, their
3: dreams,
2: and um, um, back then. And now, quite a few of these people that I have seen um, within recent years, or recent months, or recent days, they um, are not what they were when I first met them. Um, they have been taken into different places that obviously created this problem. They were looking for that problem and they wanted to discover a problem and give a problem that some of these people never even have. And, uh, and that is that mental illness problem because these people were happy, outgoing people when I met them. They were uh, dressed up, nice, pretty well put together, everything. And now they're small. They lost hair, they they're just not like they were methods, methods. And that tells me that when they get involved with a lot of these programs and these people are looking for someone that's focused in a certain criteria and they don't have the criteria, they start having people lie about these criteria so they can make money for, or or try to say that they're gonna find them. A and, and that's what happens. And um, there's also been um, situations in, where people I know that hadn't actually even gone into a situation where they had needed social security when they moved did social security, and they come up with an illness for needing social security. There have been people that I have seen that did need a walker, but they get a walker because they want to say there's something wrong with them, and they don't really need a walker. You know, they're gonna get a wheelchair and they don't need the a wheelchair. And I know that they can walk well because I see them all the time walking well. Um, and it's, it's, it's really a situation where I, I just look at things that I observe the situation myself and I'll just say, there's a history with this. Like there's a history with everything that ever happens with anything. And in the beginning, from what I can remember, where I was at with some of these people that I analyzed, back in the day, there was nothing wrong with them. They didn't seem to have anything wrong with them. And I'm not saying that I could be judgmental about saying that there was never anything wrong with them. All I can tell you is that they were not like they are today. Today, they're like at their worst. Back then, they were like up at their high peak to do any and everything that they wanted to do. And the one thing that I've always learned is that there's a certain type of system that exists, whether it's hidden or it's out in the open, that that would do things to people to take the mind and keep the body, like they say, which is like a thing they say. But sometimes when you have a group of people that you know are very intelligent people, and they can change history or some sort, they find ways to try to distort that history in that future by doing things to them mentally so they can't do for themselves and they want people to be dependent on another type of system versus them being it on themselves. So that's what has been going on. And then there's another side where people have um, been involved with certain religions or practices of religions and things and so forth and they were seemed to be okay in the beginning and now they're not okay now. um, I just analyze a lot of different things you know and, and they're just not well and there's nothing wrong with believing in God or anything like that. It's just that when I hear people start talking to me and they start saying that um, I was told that when I went to jail, that I was going to be um, marked. I was marked for life. That's the type of brainwashing that I'm talking about. When people say things like that to people, to make people believe that they're marked for life. So and I have always been taught to always keep your mind right, no matter what people uh, you may say, feel, think However, on the outside of my character, but I've always been taught that by my uncles, by my father. Always keep your mind, right? That's important to do. Because I've always been taught everything is always usually in the mind. It's all in the mind. Either you believe it or you don't believe it. It is all in the mind. i have always been taught that. Now, I've always been saying that my practices has, and I've practiced. What my current practices that has been with my well-being has all has been Buddhist and Taoist. And I explained it on my Facebook page today. Those of you who have my Facebook page, you can read what I said. It was pretty long today. But when you, when I personally, when I try to explain to people about why I do what I do, people who meet me or see me say I like her personality or I like her mind or I like her spirit Um, I like her energy so on and so forth and it's mainly because uh, of my practice as well now I've had my practice of Christianity as well too and I've had my experience also with the Holy Spirit as well too I also however there's always still growth or something else because Christianity and receiving the Holy Spirit is not just always enough for human beings. There's other teachings that we can go into to learn to make us and to develop even better people. <clears throat> and um, when I say to development better people, I don't mean, for me, I, I would say it in a way where not for me to be a perfect person because I know people would strive for perfection. But I really don't strive for perfection. What I do is strive for more calmness in my life. And I don't always have calmness, because I'm a fire sign. And I'm born of a fire sign, and I'm a Sagittarius, and I'm born on a full moon as well. And I also have a background of having at least, I have about 10 ancestries in my DNA, 10. And what I mean by that is saying that I have 10 ancestries. I have Nigerian, I have Ghanaian, I have Sierra Leonean, I have um, uh, Vietnamese, I have uh, some Chinese, I have uh, uh, some Brazilian, I have a little, some of everything, (laughs) you know. And each of these ancestries have a different temperament or tolerance so it's kind of like like when you say a person is taking medication and it has a side effect and another side effect and another side effect well i know for a fact that i learned a lot about myself once i did my dna ancestry test because i learned why i had different attitudes into some people who say personalities and so with that being said you know different groups of ethnicities have different personalities so that would explain my firecracker ways. My, um, <clears throat> my friend, Darren, always tell me my, my fiery ways. So he said, you're fiery. <laughs> Not just because you're Sagittarius and a fire sign, but you definitely are fiery. But I am because, you know, um, India, Indians can have a temper. Uh, Nigerians can have one. Then you can have the comets of other ancestries. So it's all blend in together. You know, so I learned a lot about myself of why I'm the way that I am because my ancestries have such a great mixture of a dna blood, bloodline and everything, you know. So, um, me trying to be perfect, that's just not gonna happen. <laughs> because I have all this going on all the time that's just embedded in me and it's not something that I can help but something that I can try to control in my own way because I'm I'm not responsible for the way that I'm born and the way that I came into the world and the way that my cells were created and formed together. So I have nothing to do with that. That's all on God. God did all of that for his own purpose and everything. So maybe that's the reason why eventually when I became 23 years old I changed my name to Variety and didn't really know why I was changing my name to Variety (laughs) (laughs) Because I didn't have that junior accessory back then, but um, That might just be part of the reason spiritually why it was happening and I really didn't know why it was happening But you know, it's all good. Variety is the spice of life, you know and so um, When This relative was telling me about the problems about um, being bipolar and um, schizophrenic, you know. They said they decided to say that they were schizophrenic when they were in jail, they said. I said, see, you said that you were schizophrenic. It wasn't that you were diagnosed as schizophrenic. And I always tell my daughter that People can say and call you crazy all you want, but clinically speaking, there's a difference between the two, you know. And um, and i told, and I said on my post on my Facebook as well, and even I've told my daughter in the past many, 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 many times. One second, we got a fire truck coming. Okay, I'm back. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> and one thing I. I've told my daughter many, many times is that, um, you know, you wasn't born a crack baby. And I know you, you were trying to come up with some type of story or something to fit in other people's world, you know. But I always tell my daughter that you were not born a crack baby. That was a teenage mom in a way. I was 19 years old when I gave birth to you. Um, and you, was not, you were not born to, person who did drugs or anything like that. I carried you, I made you, I had you. And I always tell my daughter, here are your photographs of your childhood, of some of your childhood photographs, you know. Um, Here's your infant photographs. You're eight pounds, eight ounces, 21 inches when you were born, very fat child. I came into this world four pounds, 13 ounces. My mother barely ate because of what she was going through with stress in her life. I had a little bit of stress, but I carried you, and you became 8 pounds, 8 ounces, and you were borderline of becoming 10 pounds. And during my pregnancy, I was a vegetarian because that's what my doctor ordered me to be, practically, and lots of vegetables and fruits. I could not eat meat until I got into my eighth month and that was something that my doctor ordered and I had a dietician or a nutritionist and my doctor just had me on that type of diet that I wasn't allowed to eat any kind of meat whatsoever until my eighth month of pregnancy. And so the eighth month of pregnancy, my doctor told me, that's what puts the fat on the baby, It's the eighth month of pregnancy with the meat because it's fatty. But when you're developing a baby, my doctor explained to me, in the early stages of development, that's how you avoid having these different problems of development of a child by eating vegetables and fruits first throughout the pregnancy up until the third trimester and continuously all the way through, Ashley, but for the most part of it, in the beginning, you want to eat a lot of the vegetables of the healthier things first versus eating a lot of meats and everything because um, of the way that maybe meats are processed or they're uh, <clears throat> handled or however it may be, you know, on the farm or however, you know, but um, we can't see that as customers and consumers of grocery stores. so. My doctor ordered me to just eat vegetables in the beginning and fish, basically. And then I ate uh, uh, eggs and um, eggs and I'm like, I, I like Smoky link sausages and things like that. So I was able to eat my Smoky Lake sausages and everything at the end of my pregnancy. So I would say about maybe two weeks three weeks before I was due, a month before I was due, that like that final uh, few weeks, I was able to eat meat. I was so happy, <laughs> hamburgers and everything, you know, so that put the extra fat on the baby. And then my daughter was like, he said, you wait one more week, she'll be 10 pounds. And I said, oh my God, I said, oh my God, no. You <laughs> know, I'm already big, this child is not even moving anymore as it is. You know, he said, right, right and so and so my daughter um was um in the womb and my daughter was so big that she was able to move anymore and then the water was starting to leak out and I said, is this child drinking the water or what he said well he said the water is seemed like it's trying to evaporate some type of way with this baby so he said, I'm going to have to induce you anyway. So, and that's what happened. And um, when my daughter was born, she was very big, fat, and she was wrinkly, <laughs> kind of wrinkly, you know, in a way with her hands, you know. But other than that, she was healthy and everything. And um, we connected and bonded quickly. This mother and daughter after birth, she looked at me like, hey, I made a connection. You know, she looked like a little cat, you know. But she was cute, you know, a quiet, peaceful child. Cried for a minute, then she was quiet, you know, after taking her first breath. <clears throat> and um, so I showed these photographs to my daughter to show her that you came into this world very healthy. And I did my part as a mother with um, eating right and, and trying to eat right and bring you into the world healthy with nothing wrong with you and so on and so forth, you know, with no problems with your health. And you didn't have any problems with your health uh, at any cost, anything. I said, so now that you're an adult and you're growing up or whatever, or you were a teenager and started getting to other things and want to fit into other people's world, when things start going into your body, I didn't put it there, you did. So know the difference. And we're going to understand the difference. So there way we won't have a blind game going on here. And so that's something that we have always talked about, but my daughter will get to a point with herself where she wants to hide things, and it's just nothing that she can hide from me because God is gonna always reveal it to me in a dream, through prayer, however it is, and just knowing her, period, In her ways. You know, and so, um, you know, I told my daughter that When it comes to people, I told her recently, before she turned 37, when it comes to people, you make those decisions on who's around you, at least I think you do. I assume that you do. But there's somewhere down the line, there's become a part of her where she has to tolerate certain people that's forcing themselves to either be in her life or something else because I sent her money for her last birthday. And she was happy about it, she posted it on her Facebook. Then she invited people over, and who she invited over for her birthday stole her money out of her purse. <clears throat> and I said to her, when well, she wanted the money this birthday, I said, no, I'm not gonna send you money this birthday because you don't have control of your life like you should. And what I mean by that is, I sent you money your last birthday and you invited people to your birthday party or your get-together who would actually, who are adults, that would go into your purse and steal your money out of your wallet. Why do you have them in your house? Why do you have them in your life? Why do you have them at your party? Well, you know, that's the type of person that they are. Or you have someone in your life who wants to keep you financially broken. Or they want you to be like a financial slave to them. They don't want you to have money to be able to leave, go, and do anything. Why do you have that type of person in your life? And if you cannot get that type of person out of your life, then there's a problem. You do not have control of your life if you cannot get them out of your life and keep them out of your life. But you're treating me differently, and that's what you're doing to me by keeping me out of your life instead, because that's how your attitude has been, and that's how they want things to be. So, um, and I haven't even done anything to you, but one thing I know about my daughter, when everything is all great and beautiful and wonderful in my daughter's life, She wants me to know everything that's going on in her life. She wants me to see everything that's going on in her life. She wants me to be proud of her. She doesn't want me to be kept in the dark about anything or having secrets or anything like that. So that's how I know when she has a good relationship or a bad relationship. And I know that these are bad relationships in her life. And these people are too old to be stealing other people's money. It's a damn shame. Because I have plenty of people that I've stayed over their homes and they can tell you I've never stolen their money. They leave and come right back it's exactly in the same place they left it. And that's how it should be with anyone's home. So why should you have someone in your life that want to take from you? That doesn't make any damn sense, you know. So, um, that is something that I talk to my daughter about uh, a lot of times, you know. And, um, you know, my relative, I, I I was trying to explain to them, you know, everything would have a history. And that's part of the history of my daughter. Like, you weren't doing that before you were able to have me. Go places, be with friends at your own age, have money, and your friends can go somewhere and they have their money too. It's not a problem. Now you're dealing with a whole different line of type of people, of lies and and things like that constantly, constantly, constantly in your life. They want to remodel you, restructure you on how you was raised up by your mother and make you something different that you're not. That's what I'm talking about the actions and the reaction that people want people to do. So, basically, I was telling my relative that I've had a chance to actually be on the outside looking in at them and what they were talking about. And I said, okay, I see some mental changes with you. And I see changes with you when you're a very calm person when you're smiling and you're happy and you you know, you seem other the normal. And then I asked them to describe to me these different days. I said, now, is this a day that you have taken medication or is this a day that you just haven't done any medication? A day that they have not done any medication at all. And so my relative sat down with me, and we talk, and they said I smoke, and so I see that. I'm glad we're getting somewhere, I see that. So, now we're getting to the understanding that when you're smoking, it has an effect on your health, it has an effect on your actions and your reactions, and, and what it does to you physically. And the question is, is that I don't have a problem with people smoking because it's totally their prerogative if they want to smoke or not. It's what it does for you. It's how it makes you feel. If you feel better about it, or do you feel like you have control or don't have control? And so we got on the topic of people are staring at me. And I said, oh, that's paranoid." So what you're doing and what you're smoking is making you paranoid. Something that you weren't earlier. But now that you have done this, now you feel paranoid. So there's a difference. So So there's a difference. So that's why I'm saying the history of it all. It doesn't stem from birth. It stems from what you're doing. So actually, in reality, you weren't born with this problem. This problem is created because of what you're doing, your actions, and what you're putting in your body. That's where it comes from. So when you can get to the bottom line of the real truth and real history, then you can say, it's me that's doing it. Or it's you that's doing it. You know, singular. you know when it comes to first singing. And that's what people need to realize. And just get to. It. Because once they do that, they can get down to real truth on what really is going on with them because then they can just say, okay, when I'm smoking this, it makes me paranoid. So I said to my relative, I said, okay, We were having this conversation actually yesterday. And they said, people are watching us or looking at us or just looking and staring. I said, okay, people are looking and staring. I see people looking and staring at me all the time, but it doesn't affect me. And I'll be tripping because I'm not looking at them or staring at them back. But you notice it. And I said, so when people are staring at you, are they staring at you because what? Do you think that they're staring at you because you look like someone that, that you remind them of? Or maybe you did something wrong? Or are they staring at you because you're attractive? Are they staring at you because maybe you look looking jittery and acting jittery from which you just smoked? Are they just staring at you? What do you why do you think they're staring at you? Why do you think they're looking at you? Sometimes when I'm staring at a person and I look at them and they notice that I'm looking, I'll say to them, I'm not really looking at you. I'm thinking about something. And I'm working on things in my life as well. I'm working on things with my spouse. up, you know. Um, that we need to work on because we, we have a marriage where we have billions, billions of dollars. We have a marriage where we have oil, we have gas, we have land, we have electricity, we have um, ownership of mobile phones. Um, we own banks, we own mortgage companies, we own, um, real estate, we own gold, we have diamonds, we have a lot, we have a lot. And then there's some things that we have going on in our marriage where my name is supposed to be on certain documents in there and my name is not. And that has to be corrected because I'm your wife. and. Uh, That's it. And I know people say, oh, well, you know, Nigerians can have more than one wife. No, they can't. No, they can't have more than one wife, because that's not the kind of marriage I have. My marriage is a civil marriage. One wife. And if we decide to go that route, you're supposed to ask me first for permission to do so. And that's in South Africa that you're supposed to do that. But then again, people like to do their own thing. You be sneaky and act like they're going to do what they want to do. That's fine. But I know I have 20 years in this already. So anything dealing with spousal support and community properly is unlimited for what I'm gonna be paid. But I know people are doing what they wanna do anyway because they feel they have that right to do. And so do I. But I'm not gonna worry about it. Um, so it's okay to you know, have separations and relationships and and still have prosperous relationships, you know, so on and so forth. And I had a relative that said, well, well, are you just hanging on to this relationship? No, I'm not hanging on. What do you mean hanging on? What do you mean hanging on? I'm not dating. This is a marriage. No, I'm not dating. He hasn't asked me for a divorce and he hasn't asked me for separation either. So what do you mean hanging on? Because it doesn't sound like to me he wants one. You know, he's maybe there's something you know that I don't know, maybe. However, he's never asked me otherwise. You know. And I'm very familiar with the person that's been in his life and socially, speaking social wise is his sister that's been in his life and that's just been a camouflage all along but i noticed other things in his life that i know about his background that i'm not going to go into publicly but i'm not worried about that because we talked about a lot of things before we got married We talked about relationships. We talked about making money, having money, attracting females. What do you think about attracting other women and so on and so forth? His main thing was, well, you know, when you man, you have money. You can have any woman you want. That's how he thinks. Not really. Probably, most of the time, if you dealing with someone who just don't want to do it for themselves, you know, And then sometimes when you deal with people who can't do it for themselves, because my uncles, my father, and my brothers would tell you, there are a lot of things that I can do for myself that I don't need you for. I know they will say that. Because I had an uncle that said that at dinner to me last week. And another uncle that said, I was brought up with strong women. And I'm proud to be have groomed up and brought up and raised by strong women. And you have been raised by those strong women as well. And my uncle will be the one to say if he needed to say it. She's been raised to do things on her own. However, you did marry her. But she was taught and raised to be independent as well if she needed to be. because she can dress herself, take care of herself, in a lot of ways, however, she still got married, and you as a man are supposed to do your part, as a spouse, as she wants, and that is to take care of her. And that's an added addition on to who she is. Because to him, I'm still a prize. To my uncles, my brothers, I'm still a prize winner. And I just entered a beauty contest and I came in at number 13 though. I didn't come in at number one, but I did come in at number 13. And I'm cool with that too, because I was still up in the lineup. Um, so there's nothing wrong with that. You know, my daughter was raised to be independent as well. You know. But my daughter was not in my life. Um, as she became into womanhood, like I wanted her to be. So she got into conflicts with different type of people in relationships that I do not approve of and would not have approved of. And, and I knew that it wouldn't be right for her, you know. But I'm still proud of my daughter in a lot of ways because my daughter is a good mother she takes care of her children and I always tell my daughter take care of your children take care of yourself there's always going to be someone that looks better than you built better than you so on and so forth you just can't go through life measuring yourself up against people you cannot do that now you can say oh, okay you can use an example like oh I would like to be more like this person and I kind of like, like the way that they are, the way that they do things. And if it's like your ideal of something, then that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But to just look down at yourself and say, look down at your feet all the time and have your head down and looking down like, oh, you know, I have nothing going on in my life or whatever. You can't measure yourself to people because money is not everything. And even though my marriage has diamonds and gold and oil and i'm married to a nigerian he's an asshole in a lot of ways and has been to me and his family too it hasn't been perfect you know because sometimes the more money you get and the money you make people want to jump on your bandwagon and everybody want to just be this but when your ass was standing there with me when it was a dirty ass road nothing was there and i was the only one standing there with you with your uncle there was no one there but us. But things started getting good, and all of a sudden, hey, you know, let's just all be this all on, you know, jump on all this. You know, mm, okay, that's cool. But I know who was standing there at that vacant lot. I know who was standing there with him and said, Let's dig and let's build. I was. I was. I was the one who said, let's dig and let's build. Myself and his uncle, I was. And his uncle said to him, she's your American dream. She's what you need. She's what need to help you get up on your feet, uh-huh. You know. But now that everything is all up, on the up, up, it's like, oh, okay. Attitude. You know, but it's okay. But like I said, I don't have a perfect relationship either. And we have all that. And what I'm going to do with all that question is good question I want to pass it on but I tell you what I'm not gonna pass it on to anybody that has a drug problem I know that I'm not all that hard work and then we got people doing drugs hell no because it, it's not gonna last long it'd be gone you'll give it to any and everybody it'd be gone overnight it happens every time. And I'm not willing to do that, because we have grandchildren. And I want to see my grandchildren be able to pass it on to their grandchildren. And I told a friend of mine, who's currently taking um, photography classes and cinema classes, I told him, make sure that you copyright all your work, even as a student. Don't think for a minute just because you're a student that your work is not good enough to be in production or to go into production or to be invested in, even as a student on that level. Because I'm the original creator of Set It Off and Booty Call. And Set It Off and Booty Call were my class assignments as well for, for um, shopping. My script, and I came upon Takashi Bufford, who was the producer of House Party. And at the time, I was also a background actor, and I was also an intern at Sony Music, and also working at MJJ Productions as well in publicity. So you can't think for a minute that your work is not going to be good enough. What you have to do is, you have to get ready and be ready for business, for when it happens, because you never know when it's going to happen. You never know who you're going to meet. And it all takes just saying, hello, good morning, how you doing? And strike a small conversation, and you never know where that conversation is going to lead you just like he did with me and Takashi Bufford. I met Takashi Bufford in West Hollywood, California, across the street from my house. On San Vicente and Hancock Avenue. He was standing at the bus stop. And I left my apartment and went to go catch the bus myself. And I looked at him, I said, "Why well, you look like one of my relatives. You know are you from michigan you know what are you are you are you what kind of Asian? i know you mix with asian and, and african-american but what else he said oh i'm japanese and african-american i said oh okay and then we started talking and we hit it off well you know and he said <clears throat> i said well what do you do for a living and he said oh i'm a producer of film i said oh really for real he said yeah you know I just got into this new position at this company I said, really? I said, well, I'm a film student over at UCLA, and I have to shop my script. And I said, really? He said, yeah, you know, I told him what the script was about a little bit. And um, he's like, you know what, I can get the money for you. I said, what, for real? Okay, let's let's change numbers, so on and so forth. So we got together, exchanged information, and it was history from there, you know. Um, I didn't get my writer's credit, but he did give me the deal of the money, And he came over with a check for $9 million for both films. So at the time, I wasn't really thinking, you know, but I didn't finish school either. I was like, okay, I made it now. (laughs) You know, but um, you just never know what can happen. So you can't never look at your work and think, okay, I'm just a student and um, I'm not ready yet or it's just not good enough. No, you, you can't say that you're not good enough. Because all you have to do is meet the right person and it'd be a done deal for you, just like it was for myself with Takashi. Now, Takashi took the writer's credit. He finished writing. Um, I started off writing, set it up in Booty Call, and he completed the writing on both films. You know. And then some people have asked me, um, did you ever want to sue him? <clears throat> no. No, because he's a man of his word. Takashi Bufford is a man of his word. No, I didn't never want to sue him because I didn't get the writer's credit. Um, he got the deals done on both films. And I, I came to California in 93. And I think he had just came to California as well, too, landed a gig you know, as a producer as well, and he started doing a house party and everything. But I came to California in 1993. I waited for a year to become a resident for 94. I started film school in 95. Shut It Up and Booty Call was released in 96, 97. You still have people waiting 20 and 30 years to get their first movie done. I had mine done within like two years. No, absolutely not. I've never wanted to sue Takashi Buffett for a writer's credit. I've wanted to add it on later on, but no, I never wanted to sue him because he came to my house with $9 million. So basically, I sold it, but not yet. And also, Agreements can be verbally. And our agreement at that time was a verbal agreement. It wasn't written, it was verbal. No. So, um, you know, that's that's basically what happened. But it's nice if I would have a name on the package now. You know? <laughs> you know? So, in a way, I was ready. And then the way I wasn't because I should have just still had my name on the package so my daughter can see it, and now that I have grandkids, so they can see it, so they can say, "My oh, I did that, you know? So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's all good. No. Um, it's really nice, you know? And it wasn't all totally... Now, now, booty call went the way it was supposed to, but set it off was, was a little different in a way. You know, than what I really wanted the women to kind of like look like, you know, and and then attire. But it, 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 you know, it was cool. It ended up being all right, you know. But um, I actually, I really don't have a derivative work for set it off. What I have is a follow up to it. It's more of a follow up than anything, and it's called broke. You know, And when people, there are people who, when they see that title and they say broke, they think of a way of saying, oh, we're going to keep her from having money. No, broke don't really mean that. You know, because my writing is different. You know, so, um, but it, it's, it's a good film, and I'm, I'm waiting to hear it back from a producer that I contacted that was passed on to me through a friend of mine. And uh, we're gonna see where we go with it because I would like to make broke into a TV series. I like to make it into a TV series. I would like to do that. So we're gonna see if that's going to happen and so on and so forth, you know? But I learned a lot over the years and and everything. And I was telling a friend of mine that I always just copyright your work If you go to prison for
1: it, there'll be no fucking doubt.
2: No fucking doubt. And I said that um, always copyright your work because you are in, in college. That doesn't mean that you can't protect yourself. I mean, you're not being paid to do the assignments or anything like that, but it's still good to copyright it because, you know, when you have to do submissions, um, professors want you to do it publicly and things like that. So when you, when you put things on, on, on um, public domain, you are allowing it to be open to the public. So you want to make sure that you still um, protect your work, and I told him to. When you have to submit your assignments, like your your photography uh, works, you you can give your assignment to the instructor, but also still keep your original copies where you um, have um, your time stamped and the date that you actually took the photograph. And then you can also do a watermark logo, a light watermark logo on the photograph as well. And um, even if you feel, you know, judging your work, that your work is not something that you're gonna really use and you look at it as just extra photographs that you have, then what you can do is you can always sell them to different photography apps or companies or have it where people can download your photographs and you can, develop your own website and and sell your own photographs or you can use shutter and just have them as free photographs you know but you still get paid somewhat for downloads and um you can go that route and um those are some things to consider as well, you know, when you're doing your work and everything, um, photography-wise. And um, I also told them that you have a really nice photograph of yourself, you know, uh, attached to your work. And I told him, you know, don't hesitate to not take what you've done already and look at it and, you know, you decide on, on how great your work is or whatever, you know, and how you want to use your work but you can always put yourself in history, even as a student in the Library of Congress. And you can have all your photographs in the Library of Congress that you have taken even as a student and then have photos of yourself as well. And you be the author of your work and make history that way too you know, as well, even as a student, you know. And and I advise him to also create a Wikipedia for yourself. Create a Wikipedia on yourself, on your profile, as well on your background and, and write it up on yourself and create that as well, you know. And you can still be a student of photography, college student or whatever and have this type of profile on yourself not just the IMBD, but also that as well and everything you know so no one you know even with having that you know you decide you want to do work with someone or someone uh, contacts you or something and they look you up because I have seen a video before where a woman was a rapper and one of her fans asked her, how come you don't have anything on Google on yourself? How come you can't be found in a search engine? And the rapper went off on her and cussed her out and everything and got mad. But that's what people do. People look people up and search them. I had a woman contact me um, actually it about two, three days ago. She contacted me. She looked me up on the internet, and and um, and also under some works dealing with publishing, publishing books. And she called and asked me some questions about my company and everything. You know about representing other authors, and um, and I, you know, returned her um, call and everything. You know, but there are a lot of things that you can do you know to really you know, have your business established you know in a way where people are looking for someone new to work with you know you know there are a lot of ways of doing things so you know I have a clientele that they grow as well too you know so um, having someone reach out to you and then you have a resume on yourself you can have a resume on yourself or just a portfolio on yourself you know i'll write up a little bit on yourself some of my friends are designers so they get a lot of write-ups in magazines and publicity and newspapers and media in exchange for you know the works that they do because all of that has a big following for you you know and um But when you have people that um, look you up and they Google you and they see, oh, he has a Wikipedia on himself, or, oh, he's in the Library of Congress, you know, that gives you credibility, you know, even if you're a student, and there's nothing wrong with being a student, even if you have all of that, because school is not going to teach you everything. You know, sometimes you have to get out there and network with other people and meet new people. You know, you're not gonna always rub noses with the celebrities and things like that. Cause not all celebrities have good management either. You know, um, so sometimes you just have to self-manage and it's okay to be self-managed because you know the work is going to get done. You know, it's okay to be um, a self-publisher, so on and so forth. It's on the level on how you want to do things, you know. And um and I told him, you know you have Amazon out there, you have YouTube out there. you have a lot of different resources out there. you have the library out there. a lot of different resources. Um, so you know that's that's basically it, you know. Um, So basically, my my loved one, you know, I'm going to be working with them and trying to help them become refreshed and renewed in their life. And um, so they don't have that fear that they have. So they don't feel that. It always feels like somebody's watching me. People will. And God, I it's just always watching us now and, and protecting us as well. you know so we have to learn how to deal with people who have these chemical imbalances because a lot of people have these chemical imbalances in their life and that's what's really going on there doing things. And if they can get into something much better, and find out what it is that they really, really want to do with their life, life will get so much easier and so much better. You know, it's okay to move around. Sometimes people think, okay, we live in one place and be in one place forever and we never go nowhere. It's not always healthy to be in the same environment for a very long time. It's very good for the mind to switch environments and everything and um, and to travel around and everything. So um, we have to learn how to do that and not judge people by saying they move around too much because it's good for some people to move around a lot. Some people take careers to move around a lot. And then some people have done that and they say, okay, now it's time for me to go home and just be stable and I'm tired of living out of a suitcase. It's okay to make that change too, you know? You know, so, um, and I'll tell you one thing about heaven, people are moving around. They are not in one place. I tell you guys all the time, I, I burn Josh money. Josh money is heaven money. And I have really seen ancestors up there in heaven moving around and it looks like daylight, just like it does here on earth. And they wear some really nice clothes moving around traveling around somewhere in heaven going from one place to another and i had an ancestor that saw me through this third eye that's over there that they can see me from over there where they are in heaven and he stopped he looked at me and he did a little shake dance and he saluted me (laughs) i said wow that's awesome You know, so I was like, that's all right. I'm doing something right. I'm right now, you know. And then I had my aunt, after she had died, um, she was on a tie rider and she held up a sign, said real estate, real estate, real estate, because they can't talk to us. They can just hold up signs and things like that or hand letters to you and things like that. So that's been an experience that I've been getting from my loved ones from the other side and everything. It's been, it's been really great. So that's how I know that what I'm doing with Taoism and, and Buddhism and Josh Money and burning Josh Money from my loved ones and ancestors to have, it's been prosperous and hasn't been anything negative. If it was a negative feedback, I would've stopped doing it. So they seem to be enjoying themselves and I say to God, you know, here's a billion dollar and trillion dollar Josh money here and do what you need to do. Maybe remodel having a little bit of something. <laughs> if you need to remodel or new interior decorating up there, Lord, go ahead and do it. I'm sending you this up there to you including my for my ties, you know. <laughs> you know, so um, it's all good. You know, it's always available for us to make change in our lives. And um to make change in our lives you know because our, our our family has had a lot of family of entertainers and it's been great it's been abundantly uh, proud to to have so many different entertainers um, in our family uh, bloodline and um, to be born and, and to be related to so many um, uh, professional um Um, entertainers, we're related to Snoop, um, Brandy, and um, Ray J. Um, um, uh, We got um, entertainers from LTD, Hank Ballard, uh, Diana Ross. Um, We have a lot of uh, different entertainers that we have been related to in, in our family. You know, um, Norman Tolbert, um, a great Congo player. Um, we have a lot of entertainers. Um, Daryl Ballard, my cousin, Sean Brown from Butt Up Films, producer, um, a Detroit filmmaker, Atlanta filmmaker, um, TV show producer. Um, music artist, Arthur. Um, uh, We have our um, cousins, um, uh, my cousin Robbie's sons, T. Bush and his brothers from Family Comes First um, group. And, you know, just a lot of different people we we have um, close bloodline relation to. You know, Uncle uh, James Brown, um, Godfather of Salt, was married to my aunt. Um, So there are just a lot of different people we were related to in his family, you know? Um, The Jacksons. Um, We have a lot of uh, great people. Then we have some scholars that weren't um, in the entertainment industry. We we have um, Matthew Henson who discovered the North Pole. We have um, Ulysses Grant, who was the uh, 18th president of the United States of America. Um, there's quite a few. Um, uh, we have uh, Modi, who's currently right now the, um, the um, he's not a president. He's the uh, prime minister of India. He's our relative as well, ancestry. Um. Related to the Patals, P A T E L. It's very prominent in business. And my uh, grandfather was Kaniji Badasal who started the hotel industry in America. So um, uh, we just have a, been fortunate and grateful to be um, a lineage of relatives and friends who have. Um, been successful in their own works, you know, in business or entertainment or scholars, professors, teachers, so on and so forth, you know, um, seamstress, you know, authors, um, Terry McMillan is our cousin as well. Great, prominent author. I always looked up to Terry when I was little wanted to be just like her, I wanted to write. She had all these notebooks when I was little, writing and stuff. So, those are some um, some great works and great people in our family that we are bloodline related to, you know. So, it's been cool, it's been really good, you know, and everything. Um, we have Taraji, who's also a cousin. Queen Latif is also related to us. We have a lot of relatives that are famous in this industry. <clears throat> um, but everyone has their own place and their own journey in life, where they want to be and go. And um, it's all right. You know, you become a great real estate agent or broker or developer, that's cool too. You know, if you want to become a great architect, that's cool too. You know, you know it's all good. Everyone has their own vibe of what they would like to do. And not everyone has to be in the entertainment. My daughter is going into a surgical, where she's an assistant surgeon, a, a surgeon assistant. And she hands the, the knives to the doctor when he's doing surgery. So I'm sure my daughter is going to be very great at that. I personally feel like, oh my God, you know, they home at four o'clock in the morning, and you got four kids, you know, you should be home with the babies, you know. I don't like that, to me it's just too damn scary not to be at home with the kids. But I know they're not left home alone, unattended. It's just that, I personally don't like the idea of my baby girl being out of bed at four o'clock in the morning. What the hell is this man doing in her life? My baby up out of bed at four o'clock in the morning, what does he do? I think he should be up at 4 o'clock in the morning, not my child. But anyway, um, that's her profession. That's what she's chosen to do. You know, but um, it's all good, you know. Um, whether you want to be a makeup artist or person, animation, whatever, you know, just be the best that you can be, you know, and be happy at doing it, you know. Have fun with, I love art. I think artists are the greatest. I mean, I think they are the closest thing to God. A person who's an artist, who knows how to draw and paint, oh my God, people who just know how to put things together in in art. I think their mind, man, is just incredible and creative. It's just always mind blowing to just see the work of a great artist. It just makes your jaw drop. I love jaw-dropping art. And just seeing like, my God, the mind of this person, how they drew this and designed this and created this, like, be on the edge of your seat. You know, I mean, people just take their time in putting things together, you know. Um, I remember with Diana Ross and other women in the family used to make clothing for their children crochet their kids clothing before they were born they booties, their hats their jackets their pants they used to have all this yarn and stuff and crochet their baby clothes and stuff like that and a lot of our um, relatives were also um into a uh, seamstree like that, and um, Tony Lala, actually, who's in um, the Bronx, no, no, Brooklyn, I'm sorry, Brooklyn, New York, and his father used to uh, make shoes and everything, and now Tony Lala makes shoes as well. His dad did it, and I believe he passed business on to him, and he learned as a kid doing it as well, and he makes great shoes. You know, like the Stacy Adams and everything. Because my shoes just say, man-made. I have a cousin who lives up in um, San Francisco, and I had walked into his restaurant, and I saw the shoes that he made for his son, and they were made out of snakeskin. They were so cute. There was his baby shoes. He said, oh, yeah, I made those shoes for my son when he was born, and he had them up on the, um, on the mantle," And I thought those shoes were just so tight and I felt the shoes and picked them up, they were so light, but they was made out of snake skin. It was just beautiful, man. So um, we, just ha- we have a lot of talent like that in the family, so it's all good, go ahead and get y'all sewing machines out and do what y'all do and y'all crochet and everything and just do what you love, you know? Cause works like that keep you um, occupied, it keeps you busy, it keeps you motivated. It keeps you, um, one second. This is Akashi Media Podcast Live, baby. You gonna hear all kinds of stuff on my podcast, live. Akashi Media
3: Podcast
2: Live. The only thing I won't let you hear is the sirens. But you be hearing people walking past, cussing out and everything. But that's Mini Podcast live on location. That's what I do. <laughs> it's raw on this show. It's raw. But anyway, that's about it, folks. You know, the end of this podcast segment. This podcast segment is just basically about just... Really just trying to get it together, you know. Not to have fear you know know the difference in what's going on know the history and be able to identify of what's really going on in your life know where it comes from know where it starts from know when you're born with something and know when you're really the person that's doing it and starting something so if you didn't have this problem before then you know it's you or know that it's the new company that I'm keeping or the old company that I currently have, or so on and so forth, if you want to make those changes or not. But just know how things are going on instead of just outright saying, oh, I have an issue, or oh, I have a problem, or oh, there's something wrong with me, or I was born with this, because you probably really was not born with it. It might be something that really has been going on in a while, and it's become a habit. It might be a bad habit. It turns into a bad habit. Or it's supposed to be something you did occasionally and now it is a habit. You know what I mean? So when you can identify where it starts from and how long it's been going on, you have to take control of your life and determine, am I going to keep this or get rid of this? Am I going to slow this down? What does it do for me? You have to determine that. Because there are a lot of people that go in and out of rehabs, in and out of rehabs. Because you keep going back into the same environment. You keep going back to the same type of people, relationships, so on and so forth. And if you like the kind of people that you're around and you be going back and forth to doing the same thing, then why, why go to rehab when you know you're going to come out doing the same thing again? I know people that keep going back and forth to prison. They just can't stop. They're always doing something. But you already know you're going to have felonies. You're going to have things like that. But you can still have a new beginning. You can still go someplace else. There are people who have homeless problems. In this country, in America, you're going to always pay pay property taxes. And if you know that you're not gonna be comfortable with paying property taxes as you age, go somewhere where you can buy a home, buy your land, and you own everything outright. Like Africa and South Africa and different places. The Cayman Islands, you know, you put a stamp on it. You know, versus you paying property taxes forever. Because when you pay property taxes, and if you don't pay property taxes and you have to go in the hospital something happened and the government takes it from you in a way it's just like saying it's still never yours even if you pay the mortgage off it's still not like yours it's still the government's because if you don't pay it they can take it it's give and take away so find a home place that you can be comfortable and feel free and be free where there are no taxes. There are places to live that you don't have to pay no property taxes, no corporation taxes, no personal taxes. You know, find those places and check them out and go there and say, and see if it's right for you. And build there, and start over there and live there. And then when you come to America, just rent. You know, just rent a house out, rent out an apartment. You know, a lot of people do that. That's why people are able to keep their money and everything. A lot of people have left America, especially African-Americans, Africans or Nigerian-Americans or American and Nigerians, and so on and so forth, Have gone back home to the motherlands and started over and bought homes and owned everything outright title. They own their land, they own their title, they own their water, they own their gas, they own their electricity, they have their oil, they have what they need, because America is trying to be on that level of everything all electric. But there are parts of the world, like in Africa, that's still going to be having that oil, electric, and gas, and water. And you be the owner of all of those things. So you have to determine what it is that you want to do with your future, you know? Because in real estate in America, there are parts of America where they give you 6% and then you go somewhere else, they give you 20, and 30% like Dubai, places like that, you know? So you have to determine on what it is that you want to do with your future. And don't be ashamed to try something new or afraid. Just plan it out and say, okay, I'm going to take a trip here and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, you know. And and start new friendships and partnerships, you know. But you want to get all jittery and everything when you're going. You know, you want to be able to stand there and talk to people and, and have a good conversation with them, so on and so forth. But I know people are going to be asking, you know, we got this, we got that, you know, woo, woo. but you determine if you're going to go on and, you know, buy that. Or whatever. We got diamonds and we have crystals. But there's crystals that we can wear on our arms and our hands. Our neck. And so on and so forth. You don't have to smoke. Alright folks. So I hope I've been encouraging on this podcast. This evening on the Media Podcast Live. And basically it's another rejuvenation type of mind. Podcast to be fearless and not fearful. Although they say they want you to have fear in God as well too. Um, life is what it is. It was given to you. All I can tell you enjoy this lifetime mind. Enjoy it. Do what you can with it. Don't waste it. Don't take it for granted. Do what you can with it. Control it as much as you can. Enjoy yourself in this lifetime as much as you can. Find your happiness. Fight for your happiness. Make your own happiness. Big or small, you determine that. There's nothing wrong with you living in a motorhome if you want to. Everyone can choose to live where they want to live. Stop judging yourself against people in a mansion. There are people in mansions that are lonely as fuck. There are people who are wealthy and rich now that's lonely. And when they have money, they feel like they were happier. Stop judging yourself against people. Have fun. You know what makes you happy. You know what makes you sad. It's always a process of elimination. We learned that in elementary school and junior high school. The process of elimination. I've been eliminated by a lot of people's lives. Even my child. But so damn what, I made her. But anyway, all I'm saying is, is that you can still be a single person, be happy, just as much as a person who is married, with children or without. There are married couples without children that are happy. There are married couples with children that are happy. There are people with children that just get them pure hell. There are single parents that have children together in pure hell. But there are single parents together that have children that are pretty good children. And sometimes they give them that backhand slap when they have both parents at home or one parent at home. But you know what? That's just life. God gave us ass kicking sick because he said it to him. He don't spare the rod either. He kicked Satan's ass up out of his damn house. So what you think? We ain't no different than what's in heaven because like they said what's done in heaven is also done on earth so don't even shred you feel me hell um life goes on folks you know just make the best of it you know if you want to lose weight lose weight if you're skinny you want to put weight on put weight on you know but don't have your health so bad that that it gets to a point where you um you know, you just be sickly all the time, but you can't help it if things are hereditary. I'm not saying things are not hereditary because there are some things that are hereditary. However, if you still pick up this book that I always say to people, eat for your blood type. Still try to eat foods that heal and not foods that kill. Eat for your blood type. Take a lot of herbs, take a lot of um, vegetables in, but eat for your blood type. Get the book, Eat For Your Blood Type, Encyclopedia, and it will tell you exactly which type of vegetables you need to eat for your blood type, because you're not supposed to eat all vegetables. You're supposed to eat the right foods and vegetables for your blood type. It breaks it all down. That old blood type can eat every damn thing. But if you're like me, be blood type. I'm damn near a vegetarian. I have to do fish all the time. But there is a big difference between me eating fish, and I cannot do chicken. So I don't do chicken because it gives you a reaction. So once you find out how to eat for your blood type, I highly recommend you guys go to the library or buy it online at Amazon or any bookstore online or your nearest bookstore or whatever and download that, buy that book, or buy the book directly from its website, Eat For Your Blood Type website. And if you don't know what your blood type is, you can go to the website of Eat For Your Blood Type, and you can buy sample kits to test your blood type. And it's only $5 or $9. Dr. De Musso, I hope I pronounced that correctly. And you test your own blood type and then you'll find out what your blood type is once you do the test and everything at home test. You can do that yourself, if you don't um, have your doctor to give it to you, but you can do a home test. They sell it on their, on their website, E for your blood type, blood test to take for your blood type. So you can test your blood type and then it'll come up as you prick your finger and tell you what your blood type is. And then you'll know. And then you can start eating for your blood type. You know, I was telling someone that um, charcoal is great for you. There's a woman that I met. She had pancreas cancer and she drank alkaline 9.5 water and charcoal. She put some two teaspoons of charcoal in there. She said she drank it every day and it pulled the cancer out of her. That was 15 years ago and she's still alive, never died, ever. So, um, you know, drinking alkaline 9.5 water is a cancer-preventive water. And what that water does is it helps pull out all the toxics out of your body. And when you do these things and you're using things like charcoal and uh, detoxing your body and detox teas, then you do your detox and then you replenish your body back with spring water and mountain water. But you use the detox water like Agiline 9.5 first. And then you replenish yourself back with the right, um, the waters and everything. And I have a new website that's in development that's called Everything Black Good For You. Everything Black Good for You. dot WordPress. dot com. I know people are always saying, "Why are you always doing WordPress?" Well, I use WordPress because your websites are forever on WordPress. That's why I like WordPress. So I have a new website that's coming out. Everything Black Good for You. Now, I know people probably think oh, it's just a racial thing. No, it's not. Um, Everything Black Good for You website. It's about eating foods that are black, like olives are good for you. Um, black beans are good for you. Black-eyed peas is good for you. Uh, black grapes, uh, blue grapes, blueberries, uh, charcoal, um, things of that nature, black teas, brown rice. That's with everything black, good for you it's about that's what my website is about everything black good for you website and then as you know i haven't written anything everything white that's bad for you but that can be available i'm sure not to be racist or prejudice or anything like that because white bread is bad for you carbohydrates white uh, rice is bad for you it's sticky you know, gluten, gluten foods are bad for you. That's why it sticks to the colon. If you look at sticky oatmeal, sticky rices, you look at foods that's floury and sticky, you ever just being able to cook, you guys have been, I'm sure in the kitchen with someone who's made some flour and, and made um, some homemade bread and you pick it up and you, you you feel that dough sticking. You see it sticking and pulling, that's the, that's the gluten. And that gluten will stick to the meats and the colon and everything. But as I have said to you all before, that you can still, (coughs) possibly with your health and your diet, is be able to eat what you like. However, you have to chew it until it dissolves in your mouth. You chew, 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 chew until it dissolves in your mouth, then you drink. Because have you ever drink? you drink for dinner, and then by the time you get ready to eat, you're full, same thing. But if you do that, you eat until it dissolves in your mouth, your food, till it nearly disappears, and there's nothing there, then you drink, and then you make the stomach full from drinking your liquid. on and so forth and then your mind is going to say I'm full I've, I've eaten because when your mind your eyes is looking at the food saying oh my god my eyes is bigger than my stomach and your eyes is looking at the food and then you eat the food but if you eat the food and not in big chunks and swallow it but you eat it until it almost disappears in your mouth then you take a drink then you start getting full Your mind is going to say, I'm full. I've eaten. Even if it doesn't seem like you ate that much just because you ate it all the way down to it nearly disappears, your mind is going to say, I ate. I'm full now. I'm done. That's what the mind is going to say. So that's you taking control of your body. That's you taking control of your life. Those are the things that you want to do. You know, so I'm not a professional, but these are things that I do. You know, that's one winning beauty (laughs) contests. Anyway, um, you know, and, you know, you wouldn't look at me and say, oh, I look like I have a 37-year-old daughter and four grandkids. Nope, I don't. Someone said, no, you look like you're in your 20s, early 30s, I do, you know. But that's what we want. That's living a fulfilling life, you know. So we just have to execute things in our lives and do what we can, you know. um, There's a gentleman that I met who taught me to take my shoes off in the morning and just walk on the grass. He said, that's keeping you grounded because we have electricity in our feet. I said, oh, yeah, I remember I used to do that a long time ago, years ago. So I'm learning to do that again to get grounded with the earth and everything. And that's cool. I like that. So I do that now too. So take your shoes off sometimes and walk on the grass and let the electricity in our body, you know, um, wear off because we keep a lot of electricity in our bodies too. Okay? All right, y'all, this is Variety Shunivir for Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you for listening. Till next time.
4: The Finest. As life goes on, you learn to hold on. You learn to appreciate the finer things in life. The Finest.